Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jackie Kugel about COVID-19, vaccine mandates, and employment laws affecting employers. Jackie Kugel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have a conversation with you today. And you come to us with a great background in employment and labor law. And today we're going to be focusing on a variety of issues uh, surrounding the pandemic and the new normal of COVID vaccines and reopening businesses, uh, honing in and focusing in on a bit uh, looking at FMLA and other leave laws affecting employers during this pandemic period. As we get started, I wanted to share Jackie's bio with everybody. Jackie Kugel is an established employment lawyer at Morgan Brown and Joy who counsels business owners and management through virtually every scenario surrounding the employer-employee relationship. As chair of Morgan Brown and Joy's management committee, she brings strong leadership skills to clients, helping them to make important business decisions and manage their operations efficiently while minimizing risks. Her practice encompasses daily employment counseling, training, employment, litigation, collective bargaining, and labor arbitration. Google proactively works with clients to avoid allegations of wrongdoing, carefully advising on ways to run operations that meet business objectives and achieve compliance. Uh, Thank you so much again for joining me. It's a pleasure. Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? No, um, I will simply say that as an employment lawyer, I've been practicing, Jonathan, for uh, almost 30 years. Uh, I have never seen anything like what we've experienced in the last year and a half to two years now. Uh, and well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't reflect on two years, but I feel like uh, it will be going on for two years soon enough. Um, it, it's been a really dynamic uh, and fascinating time to be guiding and assisting employers uh, with respect to labor and employment law. Yeah, well, thank you. And and it really is unprecedented times. And I know people are probably tired of hearing that and they're probably tired of hearing about the new normal uh, and all these kind of cliches. But, you know, it's it's reality that like things have changed uh, and and employers have been having to wrestle with all of this shakeup and how to, to, you know, not only meet the needs, the emotional, the psychological, the, the uh, creative and innovative needs of their people. um, But also you still have to stay compliant and we want to keep our people safe physically as well as mentally. uh, And there's just a lot of issues surrounding that. So as we dive on in, let's uh, start by setting the stage a little bit. Uh, What do you see as some of the biggest challenges facing employers right now during the pandemic in relation to employment and labor law more generally? 
Sure. Well, one of the things I do think that's really fascinating and 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 really unprecedented, just to continue to use it, but a big challenge is there's been a real big shift in bargaining power, right? I mean, we now have employees to some degree kind of dictating terms of employment in a way that we, we haven't seen before. I'm talking about things like hybrid work environments and remote work environments. You know, I spent a whole lot of my career talking to employers about I don't want to say fighting the remote workplace, but sort of saying we really want our folks inside. We 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 think that's important. Uh, you know, we'll think about an accommodation for somebody, but we really would like people to work uh, at our workplace, and certainly, you know, with regularity. And now, uh, employers are really seeing the change, uh, and and you know, the change that has resulted in happily productivity, but uh, an expectation that these changes are going to continue. Uh, I think something else that's going on, which I know many employers are dealing with, um, is this this whole need to kind of almost entice people back to work. Uh, again, something we haven't seen before. Um, and, and, you know, we're seeing it uh, in industries that, you know, have been being talked about in a variety of different ways, right? So uh, the retail, uh, the retail and the fast food market, we're seeing changes there in, in compensation to try to drive people back. Um, there was uh, one report that I read not long ago that you know uh, we're seeing fast food restaurants uh, with sort of regularity moving to $15 an hour, something that you know before the pandemic was kind of being argued and fought about. Uh, but we're even seeing bonuses for uh, fast food workers um, and uh, sort of hourly workers in a way that we haven't seen before. Um, so there's there's a lot of these changes that I think, in addition to the legal issues, employers are trying to get used to um, because it, it, it's 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 different, and there are different things that we have to be concerned about. Then we have, and and I, I won't keep talking, but I I I, I, I want to answer your questions. But um, really, I think we thought we were going to going back to normal, and then the the Delta variant has just turned that all on its head. And now we're seeing a lot more discussion of these uh, across the country, of course, as you know, the mandated vaccine, um, the mandated mask policies, the, the, the arguments and the disagreements uh, about that from very personal places entering the work environment. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll stop. I, I will tell you, I spend an awful lot of my time now uh, in the last several months talking about mandated vaccine policies. So that is a, a big topic of conversation that, you know, two years ago, I was not talking to people about. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, you highlighted a whole bunch of the issues that organizations are facing and wrestling with. And, and you're absolutely right that in this labor market, uh, it seems that uh, workers have options. Uh, they're, they're companies are having a hard time finding people. And so, of course, that's driving up wages, that's driving up perks and benefits, things like continuing to work remotely. And just so many people are just saying, no, I'm not doing that crappy job and doing it on site when I can, you know, you know, for low pay. And then when I can actually just do something more flexible uh, with better pay and keep myself physically safe. Um, And so that these are the types of arguments coming from the the employee side, the worker side, of course. And so it, there's a bit of a tension there and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think, you know, one, one thing that we, we've seen already is that more and more organizations, you know, just market labor market pressures are, are forcing organizations to accommodate and adapt and to provide 
um, you know, more of those types of options. And so I think hybrid work, of course, is something that's been talked a lot about. I think that's going to become more and more typical, uh, more so than it ever was uh, pre-pandemic. The other thing you just raised, which I think is really important to note, is the, the COVID vaccine mandates and or mask mandates in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you can speak to that for a moment from a legal yeah. uh, framing. Yeah. What, what do leaders have to think about and be concerned about in terms of, on the one hand, employee freedoms, right? And yeah. freedom of conscience to, to not get a vaccine, for example, if they feel like strongly against it uh, versus their, the expectation that they create a, a physically safe work environment for everybody. And they don't want everyone coming back to the office when there's uh, a virus running rampant. Yeah. So, so look, I, I, this, this is su- the, the, the one sentence, right? We're going to mandate vaccines. Seems like it should be, okay, uh, that's, that's a simple sentence. And housed within that are an enormity of employment law issues for an, a, an employer to think about. And I'll, I'll emphasize particularly uh, a company that is multi-jurisdictional meaning in various different states, Uh, because where you are today, where your business is located, drives the answers to some of the questions you've just raised. But, but, you know, to set the stage, you know, simply and easily, something um, we feel more comfortable with, and I'm going to lay it out that way. Uh, If you would ask me this question, back up a little bit, Uh, if you would ask me this question late spring, uh, particularly with the EUA approval, April, May timeframe, I would have been cautious. I would have been saying, let's do some incentives, which even by the way itself have some legal issues that come along with it. Uh, But let's do some incentives. Let's be soft. Let's not mandate. Um, I will say a few months later, and I am 180 degrees away, again, with caution as to where you're located. But let me start with where I'm located. Um, I'm in New England. And so vaccine mandates here are common. Um, What we are, uh, and and we have, of course, we have a lot of healthcare in New England. We have a lot of colleges and universities in New England. Exactly the industry we're seeing a lot of the vaccine mandates come from. Um, And so first and foremost, uh, we're saying know that it implicates a vaccine mandate while uh, something an employer can require, you need to be vaccinated to come to our workplace. Let me step back one step. You need to tell me that you're vaccinated. So even before we get to mandate, can you can you require that somebody show you that they're vaccinated by way of a vaccine card? Again, cautious about where you're located, but, but certainly generally the EEOC has said, yes, you can ask that question. So the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is on board. Um, And we know as employers that we are then asking uh, for information that once we see it, that's medical information that we need to maintain confidentiality. If we then move to the vaccine mandate, uh, we also, and and even with just even the showing and what is the result of that, uh, we need to know that we're implicating issues of potential religious and disability accommodation um, and potentially even pregnancy related complication. 
I'm sorry, accommodations. So um, these are issues where we just need to know and have processes as employers to handle appropriately. Um, And so uh, that's one of the things in addition to helping draft the policy, of course, something that we're putting right in these policies is if you need an exception, if you need an accommodation because of a religious issue, because of a disability issue, or because of a pregnancy issue, here's the process. This is what you do. First and foremost, though, you lay it out there in a confidential way through this process as an employer that requires an interactive dialogue to assess whether or not this exception or accommodation can be provided. And on the religious side, we're going to be evaluating, is it a sincerely held religious belief? Um, And, you know, one of the things that I've already seen is, um, I would say, assistance from religions that people are clearly getting from the Internet. Um, And I'm not suggesting that there aren't legitimate religious uh, requests out there at all. Of course there are. Uh, But you can also see that there um, is is some useful information that people have gravitated to providing that may or may not be questionable. Um, Employers want to set up processes to um, have some confidential discussions with someone in HR to evaluate that. And then the big question is, can we say no? Can, can we say you have to get vaccinated or can we say you can't come into this workplace if you're not um, as the alternative? And if, if, if we say you have to be vaccinated um, or you don't come into this workplace, do we have a job for you to do then if you can't come into this workplace? These are all tough issues, but frankly, this is just the first issue. excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Um, We have a variety of other issues that come from vaccine mandates. Um, There's been some discussion already as to whether or not this neutral policy of requiring vaccines is going to result in disparate impact discrimination. Um, So thinking about that, then there's the complications of things like wage and hour issues. Are you paying for people to, to the time to go get that vaccine if you're going to mandate that they get it to come to work? Are you paying them uh, for time, whether or not there's a state law in place that requires you to pay them for the for sickness from a vaccine? Are you paying them for that? What's your, what's your decision there? And going back to the first issue, 
We want to make sure we bring people in because we have these seats to fill. Depending upon where we are in the country, we may be running away employees from our businesses on these seats if we're having these vaccine mandates. Top that off with, you know, Montana has a law now that uh, your vaccination status is a protected characteristic and can't be used against you in employment. So it's really, uh, you know, sort of take a simple topic and you, and while I, I was going to say, well, I hate selling that you need to talk to your employment lawyer, which of course I don't. Um, it really is one that's fraught with a variety of employment law issues. Um, but it's real time, real stuff. And we are sinking our teeth into these issues and saying at some points, we're not really sure, but these are these are our best guesses looking yeah. at things like flu vaccine vaccinations and re- refusals of that in the past, those kinds of things. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. You laid out a, a bunch of really important issues. And of course, part of the complication of all of this is it's just real-time case law, right? So we just have to see how things play out and the types of decisions that are made. And so when you say that we need to be cautious about where we're at, a part of that is because, you know, yeah, you look at existing precedents um, that might be applicable, but we don't actually know how the courts are going to land on these issues at this point in time. So uh, all of that just increases the the complication level. Um, Excellent. Excellent. So you, you laid out many important issues. The other thing I wanted to touch on then is all of the leave stuff associated with the pandemic. So we have FMLA, uh, we have other types of uh, leave policies and, and uh, laws that are out there that affect employers and employees, of course. Um, can you lay out some of the, the latest on that, what we're seeing in existing cases and how organizations are are using these, their leave policies within the pandemic context? Sure. So, I mean, I, I, I can't, I, you know, we had a leave platform before, right? I mean, pre-pandemic, uh, I, we were already talking about, of course, the federal FMLA that provides leave to employees of employers of 50 or more uh, in a 75-mile radius, and that was 12 weeks of unpaid job protected. We already had that. Um, and early on, we knew that COVID, for example, wasn't automatically a serious health condition covered by the FMLA. The Department of Labor came out fairly early and said it could be, could be a serious health condition, but it's got to meet the definition. Meets the definition, somebody's going to have FMLA rights. If it doesn't hit the definition, you don't have leave rights under the FMLA. Then we, of course, also got uh, the, the, the FFCRA, you know, the Federal Family Coronas Virus Response Act, uh, which which provided this sort of new set of, of paid leaves for a variety of reasons related to um, being sick from COVID, from being quarantining from COVID, uh, from having to stay home with your children as a result of COVID. Uh, but the requirement that that law be in place, or that leave be in place, and that was for employees of employers with less than 500, expired at the end of December of 2020 with the option to carry it forward into 2021. And I will tell you that uh, most of the employers that I work with who uh, were having to work under that law did not necessarily extend it. Um, part of the reason at the time at the er, earlier this year, there was some questions about, can we pick and choose kind of what we like from that law and what we couldn't. And given sort of uncertainties around that, a lot of businesses sort of just focused on providing their own set of leave, even though it might not have any tax credit or reimbursement entitlement, which the FFCRA of course had. But then 
again, talk about the difficulties of being multi-jurisdictional. Cities came up with their own COVID leaves. States came up with their own leaves. Massachusetts, to give you this example, in the spring of this year, passed an emergency paid COVID sick leave law, which honestly, at the time, you know, spring of 2021, when we're on the precipice of vaccines and everybody's feeling really confident that this thing is getting stamped out, going away, we were all kind of scratching our head. Like, geez, aren't you a little late to the game? Not at all. Um, it's been a very useful tool for many uh, that goes through the, the summer, which is truly a paid leave, a paid leave law that uh, is provided to folks uh, for a variety, again, of COVID-related issues, including time to get the vaccine, time to recover from illness for vaccine. Um, so I would say from an employer's perspective, Yet again, the difficulty has just been how dynamic uh, the laws have been for compliance purposes, how this is so evolutioning, evolving uh, at, each, at each moment. There's something more as an employer that I have to pay attention to on the employment law front. Well, at the same time, I'm trying to struggle to run my business. Let me layer on top of all of that. Before COVID, this proliferation of state paid family and medical leave laws were coming down the pike and they're complicated and they layer on top often of the Federal Family and Medical Leave Act. They apply to many more employers than the FMLA and in some instances provide much more paid leave, much more protected leave with pay through a state program. Um, and we're now at a place where we're, we're facing Seven, if if I, I, I start my count, frankly, with New York uh, back in 18 timeframe, um, if we go from New York forward, um, these very heavy laws, there's seven of them. Um, so seven states, uh, in addition to what already existed with New Jersey, Rhode Island, and California. Um, but, you know, again, to give you, a, your, you and your listeners a sense, Massachusetts now provides 26 weeks of job-protected paid leave for all of the FMLA reasons and then some. The family members that are protected for which you can provide care include siblings and grandchildren and grandparents, and it is, and, and it is a law that applies to employers as little as, you know, a few employees, not, and it, by the way, you don't have to work there for 12 months to get the benefits either. So, that's been, um, I think, a real struggle in many instances that we were already challenged with this before we had to deal with all of the moving pieces of, the, uh, of COVID. Yeah, thank you for all of that. Um, my goodness. So the, the layers of complexity here are, are intense. And of course, as you mentioned, employers have had to wrestle with all of these sorts of issues pre-pandemic, and it was getting more and more complex anyways. And HR employment law compliance uh, takes up a lot of energy, a lot of time, and a lot of organizations. So, so we've we've just added to that level of complexity. Um, now, with all of this in mind, so we have all of you know this COVID mm-hmm. context. We have vaccine mandates. We have leave laws. Um, ultimately, it comes down to how how are organizations going to choose um, to deal with the the most pressing issues facing employees today, largely, and that is physical and mental health uh, related right. to, to work. Uh, and, and whether that means virtual in, in the office, hybrid or whatever. Um, as we close out our conversation today, what are 
any of the other major workplace issues that you see employers facing as they're trying to manage their employees within this context, this, this compliance context, this health and safety context, uh, and just, you know, trying to do right by employees, but also keep the doors open. Right. Well, look, I mean, I think compliance is, is absolutely the name of the game, right? I mean, our, I, I don't represent an employer who doesn't want to make sure that they're affording the employees uh, their legal rights and entitlements. So staying on top of that from an employment from an employer's perspective is important. But I would also say, if I really need to bring this down to kind of what do we need our employers to pay attention to, it's not different than before. Primary for me, as I'm talking to employers, is talking to our employees about how they're doing, both how they're feeling about their job and, you know, how is everything going and communicating, but performance management. Um, You know, we, in all of this, uh, we've we've kind of lost um, sometimes this real need to to make sure our employees are both doing well and understand expectations. And you know, a whole lot of and I'm not going to say you know doing well at your job cures all ails, but certainly um, if you're feeling down and you're feeling blue, but you're hearing from your boss that you're doing a good job, that that's a that's a real positive stroke that that helps. Um, and also, if you're hearing from your boss, look, you're doing well on some things. Let me help you on some other things. Again, really useful for that continuity in terms of the employment relationship. Um, the distance has cost some of this performance management. We're not we're not with our employees every day. We're not we're not watching what they're doing every day. And so, unfortunately, we're getting to these places where we're silent, and then we're at at much more tense places with our employees. Um, and that fuels this anxiety, that fuels the difficulty in employment. It, it's a bad look for the other employees if they learn that somebody who they thought was doing just fine suddenly is gone. Not to mention that the lack of performance management from my perspective in managing litigation is really hard. You know, if I'm going to defend an employer, but there's no performance management to speak of, it becomes a little bit more difficult if we're saying the reason we let this person go was for performance. So I, I do think actually the full circle in all of this is, you know, there's a lot of new and a lot of important stuff to pay attention to, but some of the old, the old basics, the old standbys are more important than ever. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We can never look past the foundational elements of good people management and good organizational leadership. And a lot of it's just not rocket science. I mean, legal compliance is complex. Uh, There's plenty (laughs) of complexity. There's plenty of strategic complexity here. But uh, when we're just talking about just the basics of of having employment uh, and performance discussions with your people on a regular basis, providing coaching and feedback, and just all of those basic fundamentals, doing them Mm -hmm. consistently uh, doing them well consistently will make all the difference in the world and will save you a world of heartache for the employees and for the employer. Um, you know, as you try to navigate all of these complex times that we're in, well, Jackie, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. I really appreciate all of your insights before we wrap up. I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your firm and the work that you do, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Great. Well, thank you. So uh, anybody wants to talk about any more of this exciting uh, information or uh, we can be of any assistance, um, I'm at Morgan Brown and Joy. 
in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, www.morganbrown.com. Uh, and uh, I'm Jay Kugel at morganbrown.com. But um, look, the, the word of the day, I do think, is uh, really being mindful that um, our employees and our human capital are really, really important. And a piece of that is compliance. A piece of that is being human. Uh, and a piece of that is knowing that our business uh, is is really important to our employees as well as ourselves. And uh, that is, uh, for me, the word of the day. But uh, if, if I can assist anybody in any of these various employment laws, uh, Morgan Brown and Joy does do work outside of uh, New England and Massachusetts as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Jackie. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Jackie and her team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.